Greetings, Amigops, and Top Tenders everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our bepoloed, behaircutted, very handsome co-host, Kyle. Now, don't get confused. We are also joined by friend of the pod, Kyle, who we will be referring to as something I haven't quite decided yet. Maybe Kyle... My co-host can answer that when we get to him. So Kyle and Kyle have a topic that they will be discussing. Now, Kyle doesn't know what that topic is, but Kyle does. We will discuss that topic for about an hour once Kyle, Kyle and I have decided what the final list is after we've debated it vigorously. Kyle, Kyle and I will have created a top 10 list. Confused? So am I. So, gentlemen, what are we talking about this evening? Well, thank you, Mike. I am thoroughly confused about what Kyle I am, that's for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, so for some context, first of all, welcome, Kyle. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, so, for context, wife of the Pot Allegis, who you know and love, she works with Kyle, um, and they've worked together for the past four years or so, and we had the same amount of confusion the first time we all tried to hang out together. <laughs> And so the convention that we have used, and I think we've used it fairly effectively, is that I am known as, at the time, I was known as fiancé Kyle, and Kyle from work... Yes. Well, to be, to be fair, you you were boyfriend Kyle. I was, that's right, I was boyfriend Kyle was, for some it, time. It, yeah. yes. it wasn't diplomatic enough for because some time. Because Kyle from work, you were there the moment fiancé Kyle became... Or, I'm sorry, boyfriend Kyle became fiancé Kyle. That's right. Yes, yes. So I was, and when fiancé Kyle became husband Kyle. That's true. That, that is true. Yeah. So, so I was boyfriend Kyle, BFK. Then I became fiance Kyle. And and Kyle has always been Kyle from work, KFW. Always. KF dubs, yeah. sometimes we call you. Okay, yeah. So if you need to address one of us specifically, Mike, it's probably best to refer to this Kyle as Kyle from work. And you can refer to me as like okay. douchebag Kyle or something. Okay, I'll just call you boyfriend Kyle. That That works for me. That's probably easiest. Yeah. All right. yeah. That okay. seems like the yeah. most expedient thing. That I think of you as boyfriend, Kyle, just so you know. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just can't shake the whole... Yeah. yeah. No, it's... I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, not boyfriend, Kyle. This is your boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. So with the introductions out of the way, I'm excited because neither of us has any idea what we are about to talk about. So enlighten us, uh, KFW. What are we discussing today? <sighs> so... Um, I was I was going on a nice little top ten binge a few weeks ago, and I was I was having a little um, crisis of my own, thinking about what my top ten would be. So I went through what am I what am I up to these days? What am I passionate about? And I think outside of outside of work, most people know me for a few things: um, dabbling into the HGTV house flipping game. What else? Ooh. You know, a newly, a new interest in running. And, um, I think probably the most prominent characteristic is my travel resume. Aha. Oh, I like a good travel resume. And not just any travel. I like to think that I specialize, especially in the last five years, on traveling on a budget, which, which is also adventure oriented. So I do a lot of solo traveling to odd parts of the world. You are the king yeah. of adventures. <laughs> and we just will describe to me trips that you've gone on or are currently on. I'm like, I, 
I would never be able to do some of the trips that you go on. Like, and I'm sure we'll discuss them at length here. I'm very excited. So is the list just like top 10 exciting adventure oriented trips you've been on? Absolutely not. This is not about me. This is actually about you and more importantly, the listeners. Uh huh. So very frequently after I go on a trip, somebody's like, I would never know how to do that. I would never have the courage to do that. I would never, whatever it is. Well, this list is my top 10 list of tangible tips or concepts that you could take with you on your next adventure. Adventure trips. Adventure trips. Or adventure tips. Adventure trip tips. Beautiful. (laughs) Adventure tips for adventure trips. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. So I want to go on record early in this podcast as saying people like you who are really adventurous and willing to go on trips alone or willing to go on trips to places that they're unfamiliar with, that can overcome so many personality shortcomings in my book. Yeah, that's why Because I think that is such a cool, (laughs) I think that is such a cool thing that like, you could really hate recycling and I'd be pretty (laughs) into you overall. Cause I think that's just, I just think that's such a neat and brave quality. Huge fan. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on how to do this best. What's especially cool about Kyle here is that you don't need, it's not like you do this to overcome personality shortcomings. Like you're actually an extremely likable person already. So it's a compounding effect. So yeah, this is on top of how much he likes to recycle. KFW, you're making me blush right now. You got to (laughs) stop. This is going to be great. I like this one a lot. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of vigorous debate on this one because some of them are concepts. Some of them are actual hardcore tips. Well, like, like life. Oh, this is perfect. Mixing and matching and and being inconsistent with your rules. You are a perfect fit. Clearly you have been listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. There's probably some grouped, some grouped items on your list. There's, there's a few groups. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know, my knot tops and my honorable mentions are probably far too long. We'll we'll go right through them. You are going to fit right this in. Is, yep. Now, are you going to take a really long time to get through this list? Cause I'm going to try to... If so, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you're like you're definitely, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, so doing a really good job applying for backup Kyle. Like, if for some mm-hmm. reason I can't yeah. be on a pod and we have to find another Kyle quick, right. like, your, your resume is sterling and we haven't even started the list. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm just fully smitten right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I think probably the best place to start is number 10. What'd you have there? Number 10. There's going to be some overlap, but I think this is a standalone 10 on its own. And that is to buy the cheapest flight that you possibly can in general. okay? (laughs) Okay. And more importantly, be the last individual to board that plane. That way you can scout out the entire plane, minus first class, and, and see what's open. It doesn't matter if you're in 32F next to the bathroom. Guess what? You're the last person on the plane. You got an aisle row exit, exit seat right there for you. Boom. No one asks any questions. That's number 10. So you're saying, you, oh. so you're saying target the bathroom seat? No, I'm saying, I'm saying you'd be the last person on because on a non-full flight, Ah, uh, I see. The last the last seats to be filled are the more expensive ones, and you can plop right down in them, and no one's going to ask any questions. Oh, I see. Yeah. So okay, that's a fantastic tip. Also, a bonus to this tip is that you, 
you get to be in the terminal for an extra 20 minutes as opposed to be trading sweat with your neighbor. That's a, there's nothing yeah. worse than jostling in line for like <laughs> no reason, but everyone feels compelled to. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So do you, so do you find that when you're, so I feel like a lot of these trips for you are international. Yeah. I don't know if that has something to do with it. Do you find that on your adventures, you are more likely to come across a flight that hasn't been completely sold out? Cause I feel like in my experience, oftentimes flying for work, there aren't, like there aren't empty seats. Like, do you find that more commonly on your trips, you're finding flights that haven't been booked entirely? Uh, okay. So to be fair, I use this, this trick very often domestically. I travel a decent amount domestically, just to the East Coast because I grew up in the East Coast, but internationally, it's even better because you can play like the I don't speak your language card. And <laughs> I only speak American. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Grancy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you just gotta be really polite to like the people at the desk and and just kind of play dumb. And you know what's the worst that can happen? Little nothing's. In, you know, right? What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Not let you on the flight, right? You're already on the flight. Be like, sir, where's your ticket? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, can't, can't, you know, I don't know your language. That's it. So, wow, yeah. I I want to talk a little bit about the sort of the first piece of this, which was buy the cheapest flight. Mm-hmm. So, I run into this situation often, which I'm sure is familiar to other travelers, which is I I'm looking to go somewhere for a weekend, say. And I'm planning not to take any days off of work, or I'm just planning to take Friday off, whatever the case is. I kind of get backed into a flight that is just going to be more expensive because it's like a 5 p.m. flight or something. How do you deal with that? Like, will you say this flight is either 180 if I leave at 7 a.m. a day early, or it's 350 if I leave at the prime time? Like, what's your, what's your decision point there? I know the battles to pick, so I'll I'll make a three day weekend okay. out of what it should be a two day weekend if I'm gonna save 150 bucks on a flight. Uh, otherwise, okay. you know, I'm gonna put my head down and scooch out of there at one. Uh, but it's almost certainly gonna be the cheapest flight. Maybe it'll be a thirty dollar premium, but it's you know that that's the that's the part of being a a twenty something millennial in domestic world. So. Right. Okay. That's good to know. I like, I, you're, you're still, you're hovering towards the low end of the price spectrum, even if, even if it requires a little bit of dancing. Yeah. 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 Dance. I feel like this kind of lines up really well with what I know of your, like we've already discussed your kind of adventurous spirit. Cause I feel like the way you view it is not, it's like, it's not an inconvenience to you. It just means like in that example, you have an extra day to get up to whatever you're going to get up to. Oh, exactly. And so you're, and I also feel like you're the type that just is like, well, fuck it. I'll do a red eye and you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. The older I get, the less I, I sure. have that spirit. But, um, I've definitely had plenty of those fuck it moments. So it's, I mean, I, I've pitched a tent in the middle of Boston Logan airport from midnight until 4 a.m. Yeah. There's some attractive people there. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. No. Oh, <laughs> oh I, sorry. Oh, jeez. I get it. Thanks, Kyle. Boner jokes. <laughs> You've literally pitched a tent at Logan, like like actually like an actual. No, tent? I pitched. Yeah, I pitched. A t- yeah, seriously. <laughs> right outside TSA. That's amazing. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That was a first. And that feels like something you would get in trouble with TSA for, but when they got you in trouble, they wouldn't know why. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, you can't do that. And you'd be like, why? And they'd be like, well, you can't do that. That happens a lot. You're like, well, why? (laughs) Like, there's a lot of people spending the night here. 
Right? That's not, uh, yeah. yeah. I had the penthouse situation. I felt amazing the next morning. Like, incredible. awesome. Put your shoes out. Excellent zipper sound effect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, we're off to a hot start. Oh, boy. Incredible. Great tip. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Number nine. Very practical suggestion here. Get a visa, get a, or a visa sapphire. Amex, something like that, that has these perks, you know, that uh, may have travel insurance. So that can just like tick off mm. a few other things that other people may be concerned about. It also has like no foreign transaction fees. Huge. That's that's huge. huge. If you take one international trip a year, yeah, you can probably offset the cost of like an annual fee for a credit card just in in, in the international. Fees. Yes, that's. The card you mentioned, the, the Sapphire, is the one we've used, and right. it's paid for itself over. Easily. Yeah. 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 That's a great one. Yeah. I, I noticed the effect of this strongly in my last trip to Costa Rica. It was it was pretty amazing first time traveling with it at Sapphire. So, highly recommend that. That's a really good one. I like this tip a lot. This, this tip served me very well because I studied abroad in London, and at the time, we were still on the swipe in the States, but they had already gone to the chip. In Europe, or at mm-hmm. least in at least in the UK, I think most of Europe was on the chip. And I got a, a a credit card that had some rewards and had no foreign transaction fees and all that stuff. And I kept going to the same grocery store, and I would put the chip in and pull it right out because I didn't realize you had to leave it in. And none of the people attending the checkout spoke English. And I was too timid to ask what the hell was going on. So they would just watch me, like, <laughs> poke the chip in and pull the chip right out every single day. So I wasted so much time going to the ATM to get pounds, like, get pound notes, because I was afraid to pay with my card. So I would I would add as, a, as sort of an addendum to this, get a card, learn the rules, and figure <laughs> out how to actually use it. <laughs> I would have never thought to suggest that uh, with a credit card. Yeah, but that's why. Oh, we're a team. it's more complicated than you think. <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, and I feel like what's what's your strategy for dealing in cash? Because when we were on our honeymoon, we ended up paying like the the credit card can help you in a lot of scenarios. Obviously, if you're not paying with cash, we probably spent. A not a not insignificant amount on ATM fees to pull cash. Mm-hmm. Do you do you get your cash ahead of time, or is that higher up on this list? And I'm spoiling it. Or what's the deal with cash for you? Wow, you just blew my mind. Um, <laughs> no, I used to worry about crap like that. No, not at all. Now it's okay. it's all at ATMs. Um, you know, I think there's a small percentage when you pull cash out. Yeah. It's always a fun game to play towards the end of your trip because I'll probably make like four ATM. Yes. Rates. Yeah, like, I certainly am not the person that's bringing a thousand dollars like American ca- Americanized cash no. abroad. <laughs> you know, I and I've been in that situation as Burma before, not a robbery out of something else actually, which we'll get into. Oh boy! Um, but yeah, uh, it's always ATMs, and yeah, it's just little bits at a time. Because it's, it's it's well with the ATMs, you can you can take a look. A lot of banks, especially the bigger international banks, will have partnerships. So mm-hmm. I have Bank of America, and for example, when you're in the UK, Barclays is their partner. I think it's maybe Unicredit in Italy. I forget what it, there's 
There's a couple banks across the Eurozone that partner with Bank of America where if I go to one of their ATMs, I don't pay a fee. Nice. That's clutch. Well, I need to get that list from you. Yeah. Because that's not something I expect. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out because it's a, it's a big help. Okay. Nice. Thunderbar. Mm-hmm. What about number eight? All right. Number eight is like a fundamental shift in travel mentality. So this is one of these overarching Ooh. concepts that I think is highly important. It's going to kind of be the bedrock for a few of these other <laughs> toppers moving on. All right. So this is where we kind of not jump the shark, but now we're kind of entering like entering the KFW zone. I this feel like. is KFW. Okay. But, but the important, the important thing about this is it's like, it's not far fetched enough where this is about KFW. This is again, it's about yeah. you. This is, these are simple decisions you can make to, you know, to come on the ride, to experience it for yourself. I'm, yeah. I can already feel that this was crafted with us in mind. This isn't about you. This is about a service you render, you're rendering for us. I want to make sure my tone is being, is coming across correctly. When I say the KFW zone, I mean it in only the highest regard. Like, I'm excited to be presented the opportunity to think more like you on this topic because I'm in awe of your traveling ability. So, just so we are clear. (laughs) Bring us on to your level. Let her rip. What do you got? I'm regretful of your mindset already. All right. You know, I I appreciate it, and I'm fearful for you at the same time. So, (laughs) Okay. Number eight. Now, the concept is hostels. You got to stay at a hostel. Mm. Now, where the intricacy comes in here is staying in a private room with a shared bathroom or maybe a private ensuite room. So, essentially, it's a hotel. But really, the idea is finding a hotel, hostel, whatever, whatever the name is, that has this social community feel to it. So I almost exclusively book my accommodations off HostelWorld.com, which maybe should be number eight, HostelWorld.com. HostelWorld.com? Yes. Okay. Now, this is a really important part about that, is that the star rating, which we all have known to come in love with the Ubers of the world and Yelps, etc., doesn't really mean anything at HostelWorld.com. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's very important. I, but as like goofy, I'm laughing, but <laughs> it, it like it requires you to kind of abandon this four stars out of five mentality that we have. It's yeah. actually a big leap to make. Huge. Because we're so used to having yes. everything. This is great institutional knowledge. Like yeah. this is not the kind of thing that can be glossed over. That's important to Very know. important. And we can go on this whole Yelp star rating thing and how the whole star rating system is completely rigged, but that's a different that's a different podcast. But anyway, yes. so the reason why <laughs> KFW's conspiracy theories. <laughs> So the the reason why stars don't matter at HostelWorld.com is because everyone's individual experience in travel and life is individualized. So if you're somebody that's extremely social, solo, looking for, you know, on a quick hitter trip, you're maybe you want like a party type experience, right? Where I've been to hostels where people are pouring shots down your throat from like the stat, like after you check in, they'll give you a shot. Mm-hmm. I've been to other ones and those have gotten two and a half stars. Right. And then somebody will be bashing it. Oh, the bathrooms are gross or whatever. And you get there and like, it's not that bad. Or there may be, or maybe you're in that mindset and you get a five star place where like no one even makes eye contact with each other or vice versa. Right. So you get the kind of, the stars don't mean anything. You got to really read the reviews and dive into it. Well, 
it's important. You've already said it. Like it's, it's very individualized because like to someone that's looking to just kind of like check in and spend the night there and get well rested for their next day, that party mentality yeah. that you mentioned is a uh, super negative. Right. But if you're trying to meet people and have a good time without necessarily having to go anywhere, yeah. that's a huge plus. Right. So I think this is pretty common knowledge. Read comments because they <laughs> explain the context of a review. Sure. But that's interesting. When we were traveling for, when we were studying abroad, we stayed in a lot of hostels and <laughs> they range in quality pretty aggressive, pretty dramatically. Oh yeah. Tremendously. But in a best case scenario or even I would say like a, a standard scenario. More times than not, it was cool to be able to have a communal space with other people that were doing the same things that we were. Yeah. Which was in it like added to our trip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is I think this is right on. I can't let a hostile conversation pass without giving the very brief version of my story about the nude man in the hot first uh, hostel I ever stayed ooh. in. Shared room, just nude. Just like right down to the skin, mm. walking around, forty year old guy alone in the room, just alone, nude. Oh. <laughs> no one was drawing. So that him. is not a hostel in Edinburgh that I will be staying again. <laughs> but I totally agree because I think I I feel like part of the mentality that you're getting at here is the like un American in Paris mentality the i'm studying abroad and this is my shot to see stuff i'm not seeing later in life mentality you're saying i'm allocating as much of my resources to the adventure portion of this as i can possibly manage which means i'm going to spend a little less on accommodations and i'm going to seek accommodations where i'm meeting fellow adventurers i I love that that's what it's all about that's that's really cool and like it's a it's kind of like mousetrap theory, Mike, where if you're staying in yeah. a hostel, yes, totally. you probably have something in common with other people staying there mm-hmm. because they're in a hostel. Yeah. Like when we did a- yeah. Aaron and uh, her boyfriend, Mike, we did a bike ride two summers ago and we stayed in hostels the whole way. Sure. And apparently we were in the off peak because most of them were empty. Okay. But the people that we ended up hanging out with, like we had biked all day and then we got to a hostel and we just ended up chilling with these people that were doing the same bike ride we were. Nice. And it really... It enhanced our experience. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah. So, you're it's a good point. You're likely to find people with similar interests in hostels. Yeah, yeah, great. So very supportive of this one. As an avid listener of the podcast, Kyle, I suspect you know what happens now. I have an inkling. Yeah, that there's there's some not toppers here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like an old man saying toppers, but I'm going to go with it. Toppers. <laughs> we should get some not top three toppers and like get not top three branded hats that we put on for the not top three segment. <laughs> oh, you know. I'm kind of fine with the, I'm basically fine with the idea of having a hat that I just like, pop on. Just for the not top three, yeah. Yeah. Before we get started, do you want to formally uh, request the stank from Kevin for us? I would. And it's unfortunate Kevin couldn't make it tonight. It's, um, but in his absence, Kevin, if you're out there, play that stanky, stanky music. (laughs) Kevin, one of your stankiest renditions yet, 
Uh, thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful music and excellent cueing from KFW. Just an all-star performance all the way around from Kevin and Kyle. Yeah, really good stuff. All right. So what did you do for the Not Top 3? Just, like, things not to do while adventuring, or how did this shake out for you? In general, it's like, I think it's trying to accomplish this paradigm shift in traveling. So what a normal traveler would think is an essential, I'm saying, nah. So you're debunking travel myths. Debunking travel myths. Oh, I like that. Yes. All right. I love the word debunk. Yeah. 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 So, um, number one, and this is going to be debate. I can, I have a feeling. All right. Here we go. International cell service. Unless there's like a super good reason to be fully connected, you got to unplug and you got to be okay with just being out on your own and not having any way in that exact moment to get in touch with everyone. There's plenty of apps and things like that, like like WhatsApp, where you can connect through Wi-Fi and tell people that you love, that you're okay every day or two. But when it comes to Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff, there's no place for that. I love this tip. Mike, it seems like you're in the same boat. I couldn't agree with this tip anymore. I'm, I love unplugging. I'm not sure if I do it enough, but I love it. And, and traveling, the, the very idea of looking at my phone while I'm traveling is, is, ugh, it's disgusting. I I don't, I don't peek at my phone. I have no interest. I will say that we, on our international trips, we've never had a roaming plan and it's worked out really well for us because you can catch up with what you need to like at night in a hostel, in a hotel with Wi-Fi. Right. But during the day, it's really fun and refreshing to kind of not have that and, one thing that we, and I don't know if this is true everywhere, but like when we were, and we've been to a lot of places that are well populated, like, you know, Rome, Florence, you know, and New Zealand, Australia, where the Google Maps app will actually still show your location. You can't like search a route. Okay. And you can't like look up places to go. Sure. But it will show you where you are on the map and mm-hmm. you can kind of use it as, it kind of functions at that point like a paper map. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So that is useful. But apart from that, it's cool to, to go around and kind of do stuff on your own and make, maybe carry a book with you or something. Go figure. Maybe hard copy. Wow. That would... Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Number two. It's kind of a little mini grouping. And this is going to be controversial. Insurance. Airline insurance and travel insurance. You're anti-insurance? I got no. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that there's going, this, this recording is going to end up in court, you know, probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10 years from now. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on this one. <laughs> What's the line in, uh, in Meet the Parents when he, or is it Meet the Parents when everything's going right for him? And they're like, do you want, flight insurance and he's like no thank you and the woman's like good it's a scam (laughs) (laughs) so i mean the thing is i've been in a lot of situations where maybe travel insurance would come into play but it's not like that insurance company is going to be writing you the check in a moment so I've never had had to pay out, you know, in a serious situation or anything like that. But I, I get the downside why people are fr- like they freak out about it. Yeah, I I'm so on board with this tip or this this debunking because a as somebody who's sort of a 
professionally adjacent to the insurance industry. I know that Allianz, who who sells almost all of these policies, so they sell like travel insurance, they sell ticket insurance mm-hmm. for sporting events or plays. They are just printing money on this. Yeah. And more importantly than that, the thing that I always get concerned about when I get presented with these insurance situations, including when they give you that really high pressure, like, are you sure you want to put your $300 at risk <laughs> Spirit. message? Well, yeah, 30 is, cents, but is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But the thing is, almost none of the stuff I would want covered is ever covered by this. Yeah, right. Like... This scenario where my, where I'm just like, ah, this isn't gonna work. I gotta change my plans. Like, yeah. They're not covering that. Well said. Well right. said. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally a good true. point. Save your money. Like, honestly, just put it in the, in the bank or whatever, or just write it off as a loss. Like, I've had to, you know, rebook flights since it's cost me a little bit of money, but in, at the end of the day, it's like. You're probably ahead. I'm way ahead. Yeah. Way ahead compared right. to, compared to travel insurance and all that stuff. So. Okay. I had more than three, but I'm going to skip to, I think, number three and final here. I'm going to say, in general, concept, expensive experiences. So that doesn't mean that you shouldn't splurge. You should know when to splurge, but that doesn't mean you need to spend money to have fun and have these great experiences. So that's a, it, It's just kind of a big concept. So you don't necessarily need to spend a lot. To have a good experience. Especially traveling. People are like, oh, I'm going to go and save up for this amazing travel experience. Like, no, I've I've had some pretty rock star experiences on, uh, you know, like 20 bucks a day sometimes. Whoa. (laughs) When I was in Thailand, I was, I was sleeping for like 10 bucks a night. I, I, I could get like a $5 massage and I could feed myself for like five bucks a day. I mean, I didn't do that consistently, but like there was a few days where I was able to literally live for 20 bucks a day with, with an hour long massage. Ew, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so this really does feel like just this particular topic feels like I our friend Alex is is pretty notably a non-listener of this podcast. <laughs> Shots fired. But he, he would really identify with this because and I'm going to misrepresent the dollar figures. It doesn't matter because the spirit of the story is accurate. It is our sophomore, or I'm sorry, it's our junior year of college. Spring break is approaching. We're all talking about what our plans are. Kyle, so far, so good, right? Yep. And Alex says, you know, I might do this, I might do that, I might do this, I might do that. Okay, nothing. It's like the week before. Oh, I'm going to Costa Rica. Pardon? Yes, I'm going to Costa Rica. That's my spring break. Cool, awesome, Alex. That's great. Have you done any research? No. Uh, do you have any of the local currency? No. Do you know anything about anything? No. Okay. He sounds like me. Whatever. Come back from spring break. If fully, ex- yeah, fully expecting to that Alex is dead. <laughs> he gets he gets back. We say, hey, you know how how was the trip? Oh, it was great, man. We're like, oh, did you, uh, you know, how did you do with the money? He's like, well, I only brought a hundred dollars, but, uh, it was, it was plenty. You know, the only problem was you wouldn't believe it. The toilet paper was so expensive. And and he is, he like you 
would find the $5 massage, the $1 pupusa. Like, he is not a, a guy who's going to get sucked. It's some sort of food. Yeah, like he's sure just, He's not going <laughs> to... He's not gonna get. To, yeah. yeah, he does. He always he always finds the one dollar. <laughs> like he, he is not the kind of guy to get tricked into uh, overspending. Uh, it can be done. It's I'm on the right trip. I feel like like I, you know what I mean. Like you gave a good example of Thailand, and like we were able to do something pretty similar when we were in Bali. Yeah, but I think this also like translates well to like. Even if you're on a bigger trip, like to a a more like a generally more expensive location, you can still do stuff that isn't necessarily going to break the bank for sure. If you're willing to find those things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Be be gone. Debunked myths. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to number seven. Let's do it. Number seven is plainly research the practicals. And underneath the practicals, I consider that consider that visa laws, vaccinations, which I have a caveat for. You really need to weigh the risk versus the cost because there's some vaccinations out there that cost like two hundred dollars, or that that might that may be slight hyperbole. But I remember like distinctly my first trip. I think I paid like one hundred fifty dollars for like yellow fever vaccine or something. At the end of the day, eh. <laughs> granted, I don't have yellow fever now, but is it the vaccine's credit or is it not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, only time will. Now, now let's just get off on the right foot with this, so that we don't get in trouble out there. We are not, and I, I'll speak for myself. We, I don't think we're anti-vaxxers on this podcast. I think. Vaccinate think your children. Cheap, yeah, vaccinate your children. We are just cheap vaxxers. We're, yeah, we're just cheap vaxxers. Well, Kyle did okay. say you want to weigh the risk versus the cost. And I think in a lot of cases, especially domestically, <laughs> it's well worth vaccinating, vaccinating your kids, considering the risk yeah, and the If cost. somebody tries to sell you like a dengue fever vaccination for going to North Carolina, though, like, don't, don't get yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to learn that the hard way. Or do what you want to. I'm not dispensing but that now you're, advice. But you're good with dengue. Yeah, I'm so. good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, let me just run through a few more other things, because each one of these guys are actually really, really important to research. You got to research... Um, crime. Mm. This is something you don't think of, but equally as important when you start going on these longer, more foreign trips. Bribery expectations. Oh my god! Oh, Seriously, good one. Seriously, I was in again. I don't mean to keep bringing up Thailand, but I was in Thailand and I land. I think yeah, I landed from China to Thailand, and it was like three a.m. and I was like half asleep. And these these Thai like TSA type people ushered me into like where they stamped the passports and they started asking for money like so i could but i guess it was just to skip the line so i gave them like like just kind of gave them like a dollar or something like that whatever i had but like that was the custom that's the custom overall there so i'd be careful for good and for bad you know wow i yeah that's a good tip because (laughs) i just feel like that doesn't show up in a travel book or like or like a quick google like you kind of have to intentionally think about that and maybe you don't think about that unless it's happened to you before Mm -hmm. so now we've got the benefit of your experience to guide our experiences Mm -hmm. well like like in some other countries they'll go on names like people have been pulled over and basically said you're speeding or something like that Mm. with the expectation of like getting a 20 otherwise you're going to court blah 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 so that happens this is a big one uh scams you should know this, like the top five scams in the country 
um, that you're going to because you probably will be targeted. Yep. Customs, just in general, taxi rates. Again, that kind of goes with scams. Taxi drivers will take advantage of foreigners. In general, laws, drugs. I'm not into drugs. Most people that probably listen to the podcast are not into drugs, but you may, you know, be in the vicinity once in a while. And in, in if a country like Cuba, for instance, there was drugs that were presented to me, I freaked out and got out of there because like, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was a big deal. What else? American sentiment. That's, That's a, a good one. one. Yeah. Oh. And, um, along the same lines is, uh, if you need to be delicate about it, maybe consider telling locals you're from Canada and, and have like a can- Canadian flag patch on your, seriously. This is one that I've, I've heard. Yeah. And we have a friend at work who's a really experienced international traveler and her and her husband will oftentimes pass as, as Canadians mm-hmm. for this reason. Mm-hmm. And it really affects the way that you're treated internationally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's what I got for research. The practicals number seven. Those are great sub. Those are great sub notes. Yeah, to me that's like like a like all of those are kind of tangentially related to safety. Like yeah, like be safe and like yeah. understand what you're getting into when you travel. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing about adventure travel is there is an element of risk and unfamiliarity that is inherent to that. So. You know, there's there's millions of American tourists who go to Italy and Paris or, you know, go to Italy and France and the UK every year. There are fewer who go to Thailand, who go to South Africa, who go to Venezuela, wherever. It's important that you understand the risks and the customs, not so much that you avoid them. It's clearly you've had great experiences not avoiding those things, mm-hmm. but just understanding them. Right. And not necessarily fearing them, but being aware of them. Because yeah. a lot of those situations yeah. you presented are easily navigated as long as you're prepared for it, right? For sure. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that try to scam you, but it's, as you kind of just laugh it off in the moment as opposed to being a victim to it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's... The, so any one of those can turn sideways. And if you just have something in the back of your head, it's going to help your experience so much more. You won't have to worry about it. You won't have to be paranoid about it. Because imagine if you don't do any research... And you're a new adventure traveler, or that it's gonna freak you out. Uh, I can tell you that I would be freaked out in a scenario like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's what I got. Research nice. the practicals. Number I like seven, it. Safety. Uh, number six, bring a journal mm. or write a digital journal. Oh, and it's also a great thing to do during downtime. I would say, just like if you're, you know, in these long trips, it's great. This is one that I, it seemed like, like there's just no reason that I couldn't have been doing this, but I just don't, and I always regret it. It's uh, so, like it's such a it's such a great tip because you always think like I'll remember and like, <laughs> you know, and I'm always the kind of person that doesn't love to take pictures because I really like experiencing things in the moment. Sure, but a there's journal a, would be a great option. Then. But there's a great way to. That's yeah. a, I think feel like that's a great kind of way to balance it because it also probably captures like a lot more of how you were feeling at um, the time um, yeah oh and that's really important yeah. yeah what a great tip yeah. do you do this mike i don't and it's it seems foolish because i do like to write i want to write more and traveling is some of the most fruitful sort of idea generation you can have like it's tough for me to think about how to write about the cat scratching at the scratching post but it would be really easy to write about seeing something new at the Trevi Fountain. And even if it turns out 
as I suspect that I'm not a very good writer, I'll remember stuff much more clearly later. Yeah. Sure, like yeah, that's, yeah. I think the real values, even if I'm, I read it years later, I'm like, ugh, that anecdote was not very interesting. <laughs> At least I'm like, oh man, I don't have to try to guess what we were doing. At the Trevi Fountain, I'll remember because it'll be written. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you have like a journal that you take with you to each new place you go, or do you have like a different one for each trip, or how do you do it? It's actually mostly off the phone. Um, yeah. Just it's, and then I save it to Google Drive. Yeah. It doesn't um, have to be a physical book. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's quicker. It's just something you could. It's you're always gonna have with you. And yeah. It's very sophisticated. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever blogged or anything like that? I'm actually writing my first book right now. Not first book. I'm writing a book right now. Oh. And um, the lead in to the, I guess the last few pages of the first chapter leading into the rest of the book is a um, pretty interesting travel story to say. And you may know the particular one that may or may not include Columbia and the jungle. I don't know this story. Oh. This is an incredible tease. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if we're going to have time to do the full story. Well, no, you can't give away your book content. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that is in the works, yes. Oh, all right. Yes. And the, the book's not necessarily about travel, but it's the lead into who I am as a person, some of my experiences, and how I dove into some other aspects of my life. Well, I'm very interested in that. And I, if you... Wow. Because I feel like I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on these trips, like, as you are on them. Yeah. And... and that's exciting. I'm getting all jacked up right now. <laughs> cool. Oh boy, gotta gotta get the heart rate down now. Um, yeah. Deep breaths, deep, deep breaths. breaths. Number five, whenever you're ready. Okay. <laughs> all right. Number five, lonely planet. It. I see some lonely planets right here. Just speak of the devil. We are such big lonely planet fans, and I'll let you talk about it. But I'm pretty sure that. The reason we're into it is from you in the first place. So, oh wow, go ahead. Uh, so lonely. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling foolish. Talk to me. Lonely Planet is like a travel encyclopedia with inside travel tips attached for a particular country, or even more specifically, like a region of a country. We so you can see right there. We yeah. have London specifically, right? Yeah. We have Florence in Tuscany, which is more of a Amazing. region. Yeah. We had one for Rome. Wow. And we had another one for like Salerno and the Amalfi Coast. They are spectacular. And piggybacking on that previous tip, kind of. You said unplug. I said if you have your phone with you, you can still see where you are on Google Maps. Yeah. These books will have a list of uh, restaurants and things to do um, based on neighborhood uh-huh. or region. And so we would just go through and save all of them into our phones. Nice. And then Google would have those. So we would look where we were on a map. Or you bring the, the book with you mm-hmm. and you say like, oh, where am I? Yeah. And then you see what's around you and you it's like you don't have to plan your day out necessarily right if you have one of these books with you because you'll see where you are and what's around you to do so this book also has like little maps it has it even has like uh public transportation schedules so it can be like this bus comes 20 minutes every minute except for the weekends which could be like once every three hours you don't have these very candid accounts just real life like somebody's talking to you and it's great what I like about them is in the at the front of the book, there's a lot of useful information, like easy phrases in the language, mm-hmm, the vernacular. Mm-hmm. What's cool is they'll kind of explain culture a little bit. So, yep. like, for example, yep. for the London one, it was like, hey, 
Londoners are polite, but they don't really talk to strangers. So, like, if you're on a train and no one's really chatty with you, like, it's not like you've done something wrong. They just don't do it. Don't so, tell it like it is. Yeah, it's such a good yeah. inside tip because <laughs> the silent, the silent two bride home is a classic that confuses travelers. Right, and but we were ready for it. Like it, it really mm-hmm. helps. And we actually talked about this podcast on our if you like top ten podcast. If you go, if you want to learn more about these books and who made them, mm-hmm. um, there is a Lonely Planet episode on how I built this, and it's really good. Wow, um, highly recommend that if you're interested. One little quick anecdote about there's there's many quick anecdotes, but this one is the first one that comes to mind about Lonely Planet. How accurate it, it is for some reason. Again, I apologize, listeners. Thailand keeps coming up, but whatever. <laughs> so we are not sponsored by <laughs> Thailand tourism. <laughs> So visit was, Thailand. <laughs> I was I was on this uh, very remote island in Thailand called Koh Jum, which the only way to get to it is by another island like Koh Phi Phi. Then you have to take a forty-five minute uh, long boat, which you're like six inches above the ocean water. I get there forty-five minutes in, and the reason why I went is it says you can get like a five or ten dollar like. Um, Villa Cabana thing with AC overlooking the water. It was very, it's not a beautiful beach necessarily, but it's a, you know, um, secluded one. And it's just, but unfortunately, the only way you get there from the water taxi to this area where there's some of these villas is you have to ask a local for a ride on the back of their motorcycle. And they said, it's a big, uh, it's a town that revels in their existence. Or something to, along those lines. So don't be surprised if a few of them had a few too many beers. Oh my god! Okay. Oh my god! So I, la- I mean, I read about this like two, three days before. I was like, okay, that's like somebody, whatever. Yeah. So I get off and I like wave somebody down and I, I get on the back of this guy's motorcycle and it's just it's just grabbing on and um, we're trying to have a conversation with him awkwardly over his shoulder. Right. <laughs> and, and he burps. <laughs> Oh God! Oh my God! And I was like, "Oh, having a good time," and he just he does like puts his thumb up with his pinky out, like having a few too many, and gives me like a little surfer signal, like like he's been partying all day. Oh and my we, I gave God. him a fist bump. You really are an adventurer. <laughs> what a deeply alarming interaction! But it, but it, you were ready for it. I was ready for it. Thank you, Lonely Planet. Wow. So yeah, Thailand. <laughs> this is <Wow>. Thailand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stay for the drunken motorcycle rides. Yeah. Uh, we are not sponsored by Lonely Planet, but I do just personally recommend them. They're yes. great. Yes, I highly agree. Um, okay, that brings us to number four. Number four. Plain and simple. Street food. Street food. Yeah. That, you know what? I You're going to have to convince me of what numbers one, two, and three are because... Street food is such a key, and I think that the anti-street food stance, or the at least the street food ignorance of our older counterparts, is such a limiting thing that has prevented many past generations from fully enjoying cities. Like you with Thailand, I think the my London references are many because I spent a semester there studying abroad, but I cannot tell you how many times I heard, oh, the food there is gross, right? No! The food there is fantastic. It just, most of the really good food happens to be street food. Yeah. It's great. 
and it's cheaper and it's fun and it's really it's good for traveling like i usually when i travel somewhere so let's say i'm going for four days to a city i will sit in a restaurant restaurant once is is typical. I'll I'll like sit down for a dinner one time. The rest of it's street food, it's sandwiches, it's dang right, shops. man. Preach, brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so with you. Also, I feel like you kind of get a better taste for like what authentic food is like in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because yeah. For example, when we were in Malta visiting my family, like you're not gonna find pastizzi in like a nice restaurant. But you will find it. And that's like, that's like the, like the traditional, like everyone knows it, like Maltese yeah. food. And if you were averse to eating in like a small kind of like street food setting, you were just weren't going to have it. And so that's an experience you're going to miss out on. And it's a vital one. Petizzi? Pastizzi. They're just like flaky, kind of like, uh, doughy kind of pastries. They're okay. not sweet. They're savory and they're filled with ricotta cheese and oh. peas usually. Okay. I'll make you some sometime. They're great. It has to be on the sidewalk though, otherwise it doesn't count. Well, yeah, it's like a it's yes. like a in your house thing to oh, make okay. or you get it on the street okay. or like they might have them in a cafe, but you're not going to like sit down and eat a pastizzi with a fork and a knife. Right. You're just going to throw it at your face. Uh, yeah, which is And I feel point. like there's Yeah, it's peasant food. Yeah, peasant, peasant food is the best food. And I feel like yeah. there's a food like that everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agreed. This is a great pick. Okay. Especially in Thailand. Especially in Thailand. Especially. Visit Thailand. <laughs> I'm waving a Thai flag right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Do you want to go through your honorable mentions real fast? Rapid, rapid, uh, fire? Yes. Because I think, I think this is, this is the rare scenario where the honorable mentions here work. Because Kyle, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing we're not going to do much rearranging because this is no. such a perfect place. Uh, come on. Don't, don't, don't do me like that. I think there's a lot of opportunity no. from these honorable mentions to scooch to the top because of the ambiguity of my rules with concepts and, and hard-hitting facts here. That's fair, Can but I-, I also like when we have guests on that we tend to do less rearranging because the we've talked about this before. The, the list is better for its specificity to that person. So I'm still going to say I think it's unlikely that we will, <sighs> but I appreciate what you're saying here okay all right yes honorable mentions quickly travel plug converter aha uh-huh. oh good one yep. oh so yeah good. you know it's just it's i have not found it that necessary i think i brought it a few times but almost every place has an americanized plug which spoils the crap out of me same huh. thing with like how how honored and privileged i feel that uh, the rest of the world typically does speak English, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and I feel pretty darn spoiled about it. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. it's the same type of concept. Tough to be Croatian, my man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number two. I, I, I broke all the rules on this one, but I think it's so, so important. It's such a big travel craze right now that everyone needs to know about this. Iceland. Iceland, specifically. No, well, <laughs> it's actually pronounced Thailand, Kyle. <laughs> So with when it, good. When, it good. when it comes to Iceland, <laughs> boys and girls, I I strongly suggest just like your travel plug, you stay ignorant and you stay on American time for a very specific reason. You should travel to Iceland during the summer 
because Iceland is so far up there towards the North, North Pole that it technically does, the sun technically does set, but when it sets for about four or five hours a day in July, the entire sky is like bright red and purple. Mm. So what the Iceland is, a, it, everyone there is tourists that, that travel and camp. So they're all, they're all bunkering down for the night around 10 o'clock when the sky is bright red. And it's the most beautiful thing, but none of the national parks close. So we stayed on American time and we would show up to these national parks, like the Black Sand Beach, like the Highlands, all these glaciers and start at 10 and start our hikes from 10 until 1 or 2 a.m., have the entire thing to ourselves, and then crash around 3 a.m., wake up at 10 a.m., drive to the next location. And you're still on American time. So you weren't like tired or anything. Not at all. Wow. What a great idea. That is a fantastic idea, and I. This is a meta. I'm gonna go with a meta tip, which is, from my experience with Iceland, take advice from people whose travel experiences you want to imitate, because the on the ground experience is so important. And you giving that advice is awesome because you're a type. You're somebody whose travel experiences I'd want to imitate. Before, I, so I went to Iceland. To, a year and a half ago, and right before I went, somebody who I really respect as a traveler, this was a co-worker of mine, said, oh, but here's the big thing. Make sure you have a car. Yep. And that is exactly the kind of thing I would never do. Right. Ever. I would never rent a a car. Ugh, gross. Mm -hmm. But when I got there, I realized that if we were just staying in the city... I'd have been bored out of my damn mind. Oh, it's after a great, a it's day. a great city. It's a great city, but it's a it's a great city. But what I associated with Iceland was the countryside, mm-hmm. the black sand mm-hmm. beach, the glaciers, the waterfalls. And if I hadn't listened to somebody who came before me, I would have really missed out. So, in hearing your advice about Iceland, I'm reminded of how important it is when you're going somewhere unfamiliar, like in Iceland. Really take the opinions of somebody you you care you know you trust seriously. All right. Awesome. Rapid fire here real quick. So bring a lock and use it if you're in hostels and dorm settings. Mm, yep. stuff yeah, good call. Um, even though that is controversial and counterintuitive to another um, point that's going to be coming up here on the opposite end of the spectrum. Or if you're my dad, bring a fanny pack and keep your valuables close to your groin. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're going to be doing a long trip, like two weeks or more, um, you don't need to overpack. There's always a way to do laundry. Ah, oh, that's a great one. That's a really good one. Uh, next one. Be nice to your airline attendant. I'm actually surprised about how many like free drinks I've gotten throughout the years, or just completely unprompted. Both men and women, just just be nice. It doesn't. It, I will say so this. I want to. I want to. Ex- yeah. I, I think we're about to make the same point. What are you saying, Mike? Well, I was just going to say. I think to take this point and expand it more broadly, just remember what your co-passengers in life but certainly in your travels are are there for and consider what you can possibly get out of being a dick yeah like just try to think what can be helpful here if i'm a dick how is this going to get better for me if i bitch about my seat it's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I wish more people would consider. We weren't going to say the same thing. I was going to say <laughs> one of the. I was going to say 
<laughs> the viewers can't see this at home, but Kyle's an extremely attractive individual. Oh, geez. And that probably yeah. has something oh, to God, do with why yes. he's getting free drinks on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And, and it is interesting that you specify male and female yeah. because <laughs> I, you I are a damn you are a damn fox and any attendant would yeah. would be willing to give you uh, a drink. Jeez. Anyways. <laughs> You're a handful, boys. All right. This has some overlap with a previous one we've touched on, but um, depending on your personality, check or don't check your primary health health insurance. So when I went to Costa Rica, for instance, I didn't know until after the fact that surfing was considered an extreme sport, and extreme sports were not covered uh-huh. domestically or internationally. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, so it took a little bit there under the health insurance plan. Now, knowing that, I wish I never heard that. Because now the next time I'm going to be surfing, you're going to yeah. be thinking about that. Again, probably going to end up in the court of law here. So let's just bleep a few of these out. <laughs> On a longer trip, don't be afraid to take a rest day. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, mm. Well, that's a great one. It's it's also great because depending on where you are, like you can get a lot. It's not like you're going to be sitting in your hotel taking a rest day yeah. like you can take a rest day and still enjoy where you're at like yeah. during our honeymoon we spent one entire day on the beach mm-hmm. but we were in positano like the best place ever to have a rest Amazing. day right so you can accomplish a couple of goals here yeah but don't be yeah, yeah. don't be afraid to slow down right yeah. right and um Overall concept, just be keen and observe your surroundings. I, I've learned a lot and just been able to observe and grow as a person and be more receptive, both positively and negatively, and pick up little cues by just observing. Yeah. Don't just, uh, don't just look. Don't just look. See. Yes. Mm. It's, uh, it's what our, our good friend Razal Ghul once said. Always remember to mind your surroundings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice your footing for a killing blow. No, never. That's... <laughs> Sorry, we're especially if you're in Iceland. Sorry, we're rolling deep into Batman Begins quotes now. So oh, please yeah. stop us. Yep. Continue. All right, we're gonna hop to number three. Are we? Let's do it. Let's. Yeah, let's, please. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, back to uh, practical tips here, in a slight combo. When it comes to booking flights, I will swear by Skip Lagged dot com and possibly and possibly far more importantly scott's cheap flights i have heard of this website from a number of people who all like swear by it and mm-hmm. like probably have it tattooed on their body somewhere like yeah have you ever- seen my new one actually <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that was his butt for listeners. and as many a flight attendant can tell you it's a nice butt yeah. <laughs> i feel like what i know of scott's is that it's just like they don't give a fuck where you like think you want to go. Right. They're just like, yo, this flight is cheap. Yep. And you're like, okay, I'm going there, I guess. Right. Which mm-hmm. fits your personality very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I may actually need to forward them to spam pretty soon because it's <laughs> too distracting and too tempting. It's problematic. It is so problematic. <laughs> you're like, fuck, I could go to Thailand again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flights to Thailand are cheap. <laughs> It's a beautiful flag, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The final two. We're going back to uh, kind of concepts here with some intricacies associated with the subconcepts. Okay. So number two is 
solo travel or if you have a spouse, travel with your spouse in cities and cultures that are vastly different than our own. However, if you're interested in doing like a, a landscape, like an Iceland trip, I encourage you to bring more people. It's better to bring people and experience landscapes and mm. nature and, and, and have those memories with others. The reason is, is because when you're in like a, a cityscape and there's so much hustle and bustle, there's so much observing that you need to do that if you're too fo so focused on appeasing your friend or just, you know, in a more positive light, joking around with your friend, enjoying their company, you're not going to be able to observe that amazing bartering interaction at the market that's going on to your left, right? Or, you know, you're, you're juggling like somebody's, you know, if they have a headache or whatever, there's, there's, you could spin it good and bad. But when it comes to cityscapes, I highly recommend keeping the group immensely down to one or two max. You know, it's funny. This is advice that I have never actually thought through, but which I have definitely, I'm definitely taken into practice in my own travels. I have definitely found that the group appeasement piece of a big group travel is great and manageable when it's at a place where things are a little bit more manageable. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I've been there totally agreed. Really new places are just, they scale up exponentially in difficulty when you have too many people. So totally with you. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good one. And luck, it, it's like, it's pretty easy to make the direct comparison because when we were studying abroad, we were oftentimes traveling in very large groups. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my travel lately has been with Allegis where it's just two of us. Sure. And yeah, both experiences are amazing in their own way, but you're right in that you can kind of have a more focused experience if you're less, if you're, if you're, if the logistics of travel are a smaller percentage of your time, sure. right? Fewer toilet breaks. Just practically yeah, speaking, yeah. fewer people have got to take a dump. Yeah, I mean, that's like 62% of your time right there. So A lot of dumps. Yeah, certainly my time. Yeah, street food coming back at you. <laughs> street food. <laughs> Mexican street corn and then some Thai coffee. <laughs> that Thai coffee that goes Thai right coffee. through you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is it time for number one? I think we've, we've arrived Please. at number one. All right. Kind of travel with Kyle from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is um, a carryover and I'm open to um, this future debate and I, and I hope to vigorously debate it with That's you. That's why we're here. But I just said wing it in all capital letters. Um, so mm. I think in general, you should have a highlight slash baseline slash fallback plan. But you need to allow yourself to get lost within reason. You just make new friends with the, you know, with the hostile situation. We touched on that. You need to change your itinerary. You don't necessarily need to, but I encourage you to alter your itinerary based off recommendations you get, both near and far. And just give yourself time to breathe. It goes to the relaxed thing. And just embrace the chaos of travel. Partly that maybe that's really number one is, is embrace the chaos of travel. And that may, give some people anxiety but to me it invigorates the heck out of me considering i have like an engineering oriented job where it needs to be very structured everything needs you know all the i's need to be dotted t's yeah. need to be crossed and you know what if things go awry it's kind of it's kind of it's part of the fun yeah i 
I can understand why that would be invigorating and kind of a rush and why you would enjoy it. This is the first time on this list that we just I disagree because <laughs> and, it, and I <laughs> which I yeah and I and I wish like I I wish that I could see it from your perspective. Yeah. And I like like logically can. Like I understand all the benefits and like you don't have to convince me, but I just like I think it ultimately and maybe this is something that can be learned, but the way I am right now, I just it it's like you said, it just causes me and I Allegis and I are kind of on the same page. Like it just causes us too much anxiety to go into a day or a trip with nothing planned. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from the the fear that if you don't have something planned, uh-huh. there's potential that something just doesn't come your way and you don't find something. And then there's this just deep set fear that you're going to end up wasting your time on a trip. Which time, yeah, if you bring in the factor of time, because, so I've had a lot of experience with extended trips. I didn't mean to cut you off by any means, it, but the, nope. you just, you, you nailed it. The older I get and the more condensed my trips get, the more this anxiety becomes a factor. So if I'm on a four day quick hitter trip, I'm going to be more planned than I am on a, on a three week trip for sure. For sure. I started off, you know, I did my first trip was like a two or th- a two week trip. I want to say through Central and South America with friends. We planned everything to the T. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to do China and you guessed it, Thailand. <laughs> and, and then we did South America and like a whole bunch of different iterations at another, at another time. And it was, that's, that's when I started to be really enjoy the winging it portion. Well, when I had more time. Well, cause at that length, being so regimented with your schedule actually just sounds exhausting. It's super exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can even get that on a, on like a 10 day trip. If you're really trying to plan it all the way out, like yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. So it's important to find a balance, but I would not say any of our trips have been ones where we've winged it. And that's something I think I'd like to do more of, but it's, it's just hard. Like, especially because like I'm kind of the same way. Like we work in engineering and I think finance is probably the same kind of way with you, Mike. Like there's kind of a comfort in knowing what you're doing. Sure. And it's kind of hard to break out of that pattern sometimes. What, how do you find your trips might typically like to what degree? I would say, so especially in recent years, my trips have been with Caroline and I think what we like to do is pick a list of, a couple restaurants, a couple sites, a couple this, that, that we'd love to see or we'd love to try to do. And then we'll zone out days. So mm-hmm. let's say we're in a particular city. We'll say, all right, so Monday we're going to try to be in this part of the city. Tuesday we're going to try to be in this part of the city. And Wednesday we'll be in this part. And then we try to hit one or two of the things from that area. And we kind of let the rest come. So we kind of... We tend to block out where we'll be geographically on a given day hmm. and then see what from our list of wanna do's kind of comes our way. So we're, so, I'd say we're, I think we're somewhere in the middle. No, I think, yeah. That seems like a great. really happy medium. Yeah, really like nice you kind of medium. plot out a couple of major points, mm-hmm. but exactly how you get between them and what you do once yeah, you're in that region exactly. is up for improvisation. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, so I'd like to end on one little Easter egg of specific tidbittery. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's please. a word I like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like ass baggery. <laughs> <laughs> that that may in in this this quick little story may seem absurd to most people, but once you're in the situation, you realize all the positives associated with winging it here. I think it outweighs and will open everyone's horizon. So, if you ever fortunate enough to make it to Cuba, find a way in, sneak through Cancun, whatever, go through a cruise, <laughs> whatever, right? So, I was fortunate enough to go uh a, about a year or so before it was like semi-legal. I think they kind of closed it up. But you can, if you want to go tomorrow, you can still find a way. <clears throat> go to Cuba, pay off the customs agent, you'll be fine. So <laughs> Legally. Um, you do not endorse. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to Havana, they have these things called Casa Particulars, which are just, you know, p- these row houses, just like you see in all these Cuban pictures, sometimes are far more run down than, than you'd like to see in an American setting, for instance. But they have a little blue sign, and I think it says particular on them. It's maybe a six by six inches by six inches or so. What that means is that they are certified by their federal government, and they have air conditioning, a little mini fridge, and a um, private room with a um, lock and key. And that means that they're legally allowed to have um, guests there, including internationals. And they, it's like essentially like an Airbnb, but true, authentic Cuban style. So that's how I actually had all exclusively all of my accommodations in Cuba. I would go around in Havana and knock on people's doors and introduce myself. And they would invite me in for, even if they didn't have room, they'd invite me in for tea. I'd get to hang out with their family. And Whoa. then I'd stay with them for a few days. So... And Cuba is actually one of the safest countries in the world. So it was the most authentic, beautiful experience of winging it you, I think you could possibly have. And it really wasn't that hard, especially if you do your research about the practicals and know that it's safe and all this stuff. Embracing it, just know the basics and then just, you know, take your risks in, in stride. Wow. I, that's a really good example of <laughs> where winging it. And I'm sure on every trip you've ever taken, there's an example of a time when you didn't have something structured yeah. and it led to something... Yeah. meaningful and memorable mm-hmm. and i don't know that's that's something that we'll definitely try to keep in mind as we go forward and continue our travels because i'm not, not to say that we don't do it at all mm-hmm. but there's probably a room for a little more spontaneity yeah then totally and i kyle i don't know about you but i cannot imagine a better anecdote to conclude this top 10 list on that's so perfect I, yeah and it, and it really like if you if you don't have if you didn't have a sense of what kind of person Kyle was before this one, it really hammers it home. Like what yeah. like what you are seeking and what you get out of traveling. Yeah. That's a perfect antidote yeah. to kind of describe that. It's a great picture of poise and openness and just kind of getting out what you give in. Yeah. And well said. I know that you were looking forward to the vigorous debate. And we had a couple oh, of, we geez. had a couple of points here to no, we can't debate you. We can't. This is so good, and it's so it's so specific to a kind of traveling that Kyle and I want to learn about. We don't do this. We want to learn about this. That I don't know. We can't debate. I will say, though, good. that I see what you mean. Like, some of these honorable mentions, like, could be as far up, you know, on your list as, like, top three, but I think it's definitely a, a personal thing where you might rank these, and mm-hmm. I am especially interested in memorializing and documenting the way that you have them ordered. Is that okay with you, Mike? Yes. Okay. Is that all right with you, Kyle? Uh, I'm defeated, but I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next time, here's what you do. 
I got some advice for you. Next time, do worst baseball nicknames or something. Uh, and you'll get that will elicit great debate from us. That's true. Fair enough. We promise. <laughs> I for okay, so a, a couple of thank yous. The first thank you is thank you for putting this together because it's you clearly put a lot of time into it and we appreciate that. I'm being serious. Like the fact that you took the time to do yeah, this. It's very meaningful. On top of that, so Kyle texted me maybe like two weeks ago or something and just said like, guys, I've been listening to this podcast a lot and I really like it and I want to come on. And that is like the best possible feeling that we can get from doing this podcast is a hearing that someone is listening to it and enjoying it and then volunteering and just asking or basically saying like, I would love to be a part of this. That's extremely flattering. So Thank you for listening and enjoying it and wanting to be a part of it. It really does mean a lot. It's my pleasure. And, and, and to be, to be fair for the record, I was just trying to pawn off some of my ideas onto you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're the benefactors here. Oh, boy. Absolutely. And so is, of course, the wonderful, wonderful nation of Thailand. Yes. <laughs> Probably the best country I can think of. Are we going to cue yes. the, Thai, mm-hmm. the Thai national anthem right Maybe now? Maybe instead of our uh, our theme music, I'll play us out to the Thai national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please see if you can get that. <laughs> All right, then. Kyle, before we go, then, would you like to recite to us your top ten, what did we settle on? Adventurous tips for adventure travel? or <laughs> Yeah. BF. Adventurous tips for adventurous trips, I think. Adventure, adventure tips, tips for, for adventure, adventure trips. trips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the top ten. The definitive top ten. The list. definitive top ten. Mm-hmm. Number ten. Be the last to board. Maximize that mm-hmm. cheap ticket. Get yep. every last cent out of that thing. And more. <laughs> Number nine. Get a travel credit card. Number eight. Stay in hostels. Just do it. It's awesome. Yep. Number seven. Research the practicalities, okay? Number six, bring a journal or write in your phone, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just just write. Bring, Such a good bring one. Bring and use a journal because I bet a lot of people bring yeah. journals yeah. and then don't use them. Number five, Lonely Planet. Expand that book collection. I've got like 20 at home. It's great. If, if you need one, give me a shout. Yeah. My contact info, whatever. <laughs> um, number four, street food. I'm still alive. Mike's still alive. <laughs> so into Kyle's it. Kyle's still alive. We're here. <laughs> your brain's out every once in a while. Number three, Scott's cheap flights and skip lagged. I didn't even explain skip lagged, but just Google it. It'll make a lot of sense. It basically means if there's if you're trying to go to Miami, Florida, and you're flying from Chicago to Miami, and it goes through New York, and and Chicago to Miami happens to be three hundred dollars. And Chicago to New York is four hundred dollars. It will, you'll buy a ticket to Chicago to Miami and just get off the flight at New York. Oh, does that make sense? Did I explain that right? Yeah, okay. that's I like that. Yeah, so it's that's impressive logistics, but that's cool. Yeah, that's all I that's all I do for booking flights. Huh? Yeah, I don't use any other site besides that. Interesting. Um, number two, no one to travel solo or with your spouse, and uh, just you know, no no one to say no. We didn't really use that phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, no means no, guys. All right, and and and, and yeah, number sure. one, just wing it. Just wing it. Be adventurous. 
That's right. Is that kind of what it comes down to? Embra- embrace yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Adventure is out there. Yeah. Don't don't wish you could. Just just wing it. I love that. Um, thank you again, Kyle. Before we go, I would like to also thank our dear friend Kevin McLeod. His stank was all over this podcast. It was in, potent. In yeah. It, yeah. Really stanky. Yeah. I'd also like to thank uh, our dear friend Erin, who of course crafted the fine artwork for this podcast. If you're interested in seeing more of her stuff, you can do so at Sant Design on Instagram. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to say. I'd like to say thank you to Caroline Labranti, who manages our social media. She is doing a medium job on our Twitter, but doing a great job on our Instagram, Facebook. Those are top 10 km. 10 is spelled out T-E-N. If you have thoughts, feedback, you want to come on the podcast and give us the old what for, that's top10km at gmail.com. Shoot us a note. Another thing I'd like to say is that while I'm guessing you're listening on a podcast app, if you want another one, we are available at the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. And I have one last thing I want to say as a little Easter egg for those of you listening still. Today, my nephew Sal walked. Yeah. Walked from walking today. So. Wow. I couldn't not say that in a recorded format where I can record it. I am an uncle of a human who walks. Congratulations, buddy. That's all I have. That smile. Thank you. I did it. That's all I have to say in my section. Congratulations to you and young Sal. Yes. Thank you. I can't say his name, can I? Congratulations to your young nephew as well. No, that's fine. You can say Sal. His name is Sal. (laughs) Salvatore. All right. Um, (laughs) Thank you again, Kyle. It's been a pleasure. To you, Michael, I say good day, and I'll see you next week. How's that? Kyle. Kyle. It has been... A real treat. You guys are both wonderful, and I learned a lot from both of you, especially you, Kyle. All right. <laughs> Bonjourno. It's a pleasure, guys. Thanks right. so much. Bonjour. <laughs> Peace.